Welcome to Guidepost to the Crossroads. I am William Ramada. This podcast is to help you remember that you have a purpose in life. This is to motivate, inspire, and guide you to a happy, fulfilled life. The world can be a noisy place and we tend to lose focus on the purpose of our individual journeys. I use my various experiences, education, and other modalities to help you cancel out the noise and focus on your needs and desires in your journey. Good day, my fellow humans, and welcome back to Guidepost to the Crossroads. I am your host, William Ramada. I'd like to take this time to say Happy Thanksgiving or whatever day it is that you practice today. Uh, To me, it's all about just being with family and friends and being grateful for everything that we have in this life. So thank you for uh, showing up to this podcast. And you know we're talking about the fear of failure. Today we're going to be talking about becoming an action taker. That's what this is all about, right? We've been talking about fear and all the things that it doesn't allow us to do or we allow fear to not let us do. A former prime minister, uh, former British prime minister, Benjamin Disraeli said, action may not always bring happiness. But there is no happiness without action. What a wonderful thought. We definitely are never happy if we don't take action. Because if we don't take action, we always have what ifs. Those stinking little regrets in the back of our minds. And as Shakespeare said, to do or not to do, that is the question. Well, no, he didn't say that, but that is our question for today. So we get petrified in the face of an uncertainty, and we have talked about that before. You know, many people say, oh, the deer in the headlights look. Well, we prefer the safety of our own comfort zones instead of gathering some courage and changing just something that's bothering us. Yeah, yep, I know. That miserable, safe comfort, right? Always in our comfort zones. You know, all of us at one point in our lives probably stayed at an unfulfilling job, unhappy relationship, or maybe some other negative environment because we were too scared to change something. But what is outside of our little world makes us afraid because it's unfamiliar. We're not quite sure what's going to happen. And that's okay. Because as I said before, fear is normal. But you know what? Nobody is going to come and rescue you. It's all about you. Sometimes we just have to stand up and be our own hero. Until you don't make a change, nothing is going to change. 
you know, when you, when you are an employee like I am, I would hope every day that some miracle would happen and I won't have to go and work my job. I won't need to see another day of misery. But nothing changed until I make these decisions and decided enough is enough and took matter into my own hands. See, you might not be able to quit your job tomorrow or leave a negative situation you find yourself in right away. But start thinking about your exit strategy as soon as possible. Just hoping is not going to take you anywhere. Hiding under a blanket and believing the monsters of this real life won't find you is immature and effective. And that is why I have taken certain steps. And I'm working them. And I see the future. Being an employee is not a lifetime thing. It's not. Not for me. And if it's not for you, make that choice. Make that plan right now. What is it you want to do? And how are you going to do it? I love this quote. It kind of sums up my point. And uh, I'm not sure how to say the name. It's a Schoenard, I guess. It said, there's no difference between a pessimist who says, oh, it's hopeless, so don't bother doing anything, and an optimist who says, don't bother doing anything, it's going to turn out fine anyway. Either way, nothing happens, right? You could be hopeful that things will change and do nothing, And nothing happens. Or you can say, ah, you don't have to do anything. It'll all turn out okay. But we have to do action. You see, fear has many faces that can hide, even under the mask of hope and optimism. And we see this all the time. You know, Nike, the well-known sportswear brand, has that great slogan, right? It's a good slogan. Just do it. It calls for action. Without action, it's impossible to create anything. What I would add to the slogan is this next context. Context is the word badly. Just do it badly. Lowering your ideas... A perfection is a simple way to push yourself to take action and avoid procrastination. Last episode, we kind of talked about that a little bit, right? Procrastination comes because we're afraid. And what are we afraid of? So it's a great mental strategy. Simple methods like this can often make the difference between preserving your mental health, your quality of life, and suffering a great negative mental impact, dealing with anxiety-related disorders. It's time to stop wasting hours trying to decide what to do. Just get it done. 
make your choice and do it. If it turns out the way you wanted it to, that's great. Awesome. But if not, you will learn something in the process that's helping you grow. Forget about that perfection. It's not going to happen. Seek progress. This means learning something valuable every day. Things happen naturally. They happen unexpectedly, and they happen imperfectly. When we just do the little things every day, learn little things every day, opportunities will show up. The doors will open. I'm going to tell you right now, we can't force how we learn. Perfection is a state where we can live in accordance with the natural flow of events. Do the best you can at times and find peace in knowing that you gave it your best shot. You tried. You did everything that you could. And that's good. That's okay. And I want you to also remember and remind yourself, I should say, not to be resistant. You can't force change, so don't try to force it especially when you're dealing with other people. Your family, your friends, your career, and the universe all have different paces. And when you're trying to force change, it's like trying to make a tree grow quicker, right? You're not going to do it. You can't do it. You ever try to change a family member or friend, the way they think or what they do? They automatically resist It's a defense mechanism. You've done it also. If somebody tried to change you or make you decide something you didn't want, you automatically start resisting. So in knowing that, know that you're not going to make them resist. You could plant seeds, you could talk about things, but don't force nothing. Real long-lasting and meaningful change will take time. You know, and the road to get there is less perfect. We make lots of mistakes. We fail a lot. We, we've talked about that. But starting something will always be the most challenging part. Getting up the nerve to do it, right? Getting better at starting new things. You know, like, do you have a book to write? Open up your computer. You know, just start jotting notes down. Do you want to lose weight? You know, maybe you need to change your nutrition. Put on your gym shoes. Move. Do something. Because starting is hard because we think of the entirety of the process. Diving into all the potential scenarios, the failures, and the outcomes. Instead of just taking it step by step. Just start at the first step. You might even end up going in a different direction. But putting that initial foot forward is enough to get your momentum going. Because once we start on that path, I'm quite sure something's going to change. On my path, many things have changed. But, you know, you go with it. 
I mean, because some things work and some things don't. And the only way that you could truly get results is to do something in the first place. So if you don't start, you're not going to get anywhere. I think it was Mark Twain that said, the secret to getting ahead is getting started. Makes sense, doesn't it? You know, I'm thinking, putting effort into something makes the end results so much better. You know, uh, I've had many big, exhausting moves in the military career. I've uprooted myself and my family, went to new commands, and kids have to change schools, a wife changes jobs, and our house becomes chaotic, you know, in a way. But as we move into a new place and, and start to unpack in this one move, I felt myself growing angry. You know, I, I was stressed that we had so many things to organize and I was dreading unpacking and putting everything away. And then it hit me, you know. I was like, why am I mad? Why am I so angry? You know, and then I thought more and I was like, I had been trained to think of these tasks as exhausting labor. It's work. And... It's tedious work, it's hard work, but it's work we have to do. But in reality, when I think about it, it was quite thrilling. We were all starting on a new adventure. You know, I wasn't just setting things up the way they were in our last house. We were creating a new environment where we could fully express ourselves, start anew, begin again. Yeah, it was a struggle lifting those heavy boxes up and down stairs. And if you moved before, you know the frustration of missing the one box you need something from. Because you don't want to unpack everything, but yet you want to cook. <laughs> but you know, the through the struggle, you know... You find it was messy, it's exhausting, it's imperfect. But it was a journey that we took to achieve personal goals. And I was in the military, so it was more my personal goals. But now I sit down in the house that we bought, and because uh, I retired and got out, I can sit on my couch in my home and feel proud. I look at all the work that I put in to make in this place. And it makes me feel like I'm at peace. I don't think, if I look back, I don't think I would have done anything different in a different way. 
if someone else would have done all that work for me, maybe I wouldn't be able to love and appreciate my home in the way it is now. I just did a DIY project in my house, too. I ripped out the carpets, put down a new floor. The room had paneling in it, and I didn't like the dark paneling, so I painted the paneling. I repainted the baseboards and put everything back in. And at first I started it like it was a thrilling project. You know, I'm going to do this. I never did a big DIY before. And I'm older and it was hurting. You know, I was on my knees putting the floor in. My back was hurting and it, it became a chore. And I began to slow down and take longer and longer. Then when it came to paint, you know, I was just dreading it. And then one day I just sat down too and I was looking in here and it was like half done. I was like, what are you doing? You need to get this done because you wanted to do it. It's not just a job. It's something you wanted to do, a desire to make it look good for you and for people to come over. And I began to enjoy it again. And now it's done. I sit here and I record the uh, podcast. I look and I see everything in its place. Almost the stuff I want to put on the wall still. But it looks good. My vision board's sitting here where I can see it. I feel great. I appreciate it. Because it's work that I did. Not anybody else. So what I want to tell you is start right where you are and pick up whatever tools you have as you continue on your journey. You will build resistance and strength. When I'm coaching people, I talk about that with discipline and consistency. Progress takes time and it takes consistency and discipline. The longer you wait to start, the further away from enjoying your end results are going to be. It's easy to use up time tomorrow because it's not yours yet. The only thing that is ours is the time that we have right now, this present moment. What am I doing right now? We have to take action now. So we talk about procrastination. Perfectionism and procrastination, they come like hand in hand. Perfectionists have real trouble getting things done, mostly because of their high, unachievable standards. So a lot of times they don't even start anything. They feel failure, which eventually leads to avoidance behaviors, right? Well, this ain't good enough, or that ain't good enough. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't do that job, blah, 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 blah. So even if you do get something started, (laughs) you don't finish it because it's not perfect, right? I want to say, like, procrastination, it's not the same as being lazy, neither. 
A lazy person, I believe, is a person who is apathetic and they're inactive. You know, a procrastinator chooses to postpone whatever the task is in favor of more pleasant activities. I don't want to fix this floor today. I'm going to go out and walk the dog or something. You know, and that, you know, procrastination is just a temporary relief from something that's stressing you out. So we postpone those tasks that seem tedious or daunting, and we choose to do the enjoyable things of life, like surfing on the web or binging TV series or hanging out with friends. You know, I found I can't really binge TV unless it's with my wife. She's been gone a couple months, and I watch a show, this one episode, and then uh, maybe I'll watch something else, but I can't watch one thing all at once. But when Shirley's here, I don't have a problem doing it. Maybe it's because it's what I'm with, who I'm with. I want to do something. I can't just sit and watch. I have to do something. But anyway... (laughs) Alternatively, alternatively, if I could speak right with my tongue, you might be a productive procrastinator if you fill your time with low-priority tasks. Have you found yourself doing this? This, this procrastination allows you to temporarily, temporarily ignore what you should be doing while you're still kind of being productive. It provides a little bit of fulfillment, and it alleviates some of the guilt that you bring on by skipping that other task. So, like, maybe this, for example, you might not feel guilty about skipping studying for a class because you cleaned your entire apartment or house or whatever instead. You decide to clean your car Procrastination just pushes back the pain <laughs> that we that we'll eventually have to deal with, right? So this is the time I want to tell you to grab a piece of paper, your notebook, pen, get your handy dandy notebook, people, and write down this list. Right? Oh, uh, not very yeah, list. Write down the question first, how to overcome procrastination and increase productivity. So write that down. How to overcome procrastination and increase productivity. Two big P words. Right? Number one. Do what I did last night while I was sitting here listening to a group chat on Zoom. Create a to-do list. Gives you something to look at. You're like, no, boo. You know, I know that you probably heard this over and over in the past, in which case it's not super exciting to hear it again now. But hear me out. This is one classic tool, and even if most people know about it, they don't use it properly. 
your, oh, excuse me, your to-do list should be more than desk decoration. Okay, you don't write it and just leave it there. You don't write it and close your notebook. I've had many days in my past when I've created that list, and it just sat on my desk for days, like a nice little ornament. I was the best thing about putting it there and procrastinating, just forgetting about it. No one was ever able to beat me at it, never. I would sometimes tackle a little chore just to feel productive while avoiding all that other important stuff. But the change to me was when I approached my to-do list differently. And I got more done in a week than I've previously done in months combined. And I'm not joking. No exaggeration whatsoever. So the first thing is you make your to-do list the night before. You know, don't, don't do it in the morning. Don't waste your time. Because you're going to lose all your momentum. last thing you want to do in the morning is create a list. So it's essential you break down your task into tiny little fragments. Possible so that you can quickly check them off. Boom, boom, boom. Just fly through those tasks throughout the day. Nice little task. So now you're not looking at your day and seeing one long, big, daunting battle with all these tasks or big tasks sitting in front of your face. You're not biting off more than you can chew. This is the quickest way to make yourself feel frustrated and overwhelmed, right? You have all these big tasks, you're like, oh, I don't want to do this. (laughs) Most important is to start with the realistic goals. Don't expect yourself to write that book in a day especially if you've been putting off this project for years. It would just be so much pressure. And Heck, man. It, it's, it's like, oh, I want to lose 15 pounds in a month. Well, if you haven't worked out and you're eating crappy, you're not going to do it. Therefore, great to create a goal that you are excited about. Create that. If you look at things, uh, I'm trying to think how to put this. If you look at the things you have to do with nothing but agonizing dread, right? You're only going to keep pushing them away. You need to want to do it. Have the desire to do it. You know... Think of it as a different thing. It's not just a task. So in this list, you want to organize your to-do list according to your priorities. So choose only one task that will be your number one, your number one priority. It should be the one thing that will bring you the highest return. The one thing that will have the most beneficial impact to you. And when you get it done, your brain's going to flicker and say, ooh, that was great. Your heart shines (laughs) because, yay, I got that done. One of the best things you could do is adding a time frame for each of those tasks. 
I'll just write it down on a piece of paper. You want a time frame so you know how much you will be able to fit into your calendar. A big mistake that I have made and many people make is they create a to-do list and they are not aware of the amount of time necessary to get things done. So make sure you schedule everything from checking your emails to calling your friends. And most importantly, you want to be aware of the breaks that you're going to need to take. Because you need to rest. You need to take breaks. Otherwise, it becomes that daunting task. You can check your emails and messages sporadically throughout the day. And that is eating more of your time than you realize. You might think it'll only take you 10 minutes, but you'll probably still be there an hour later. So schedule some time in the morning or late afternoon instead of like getting distracted, you know, by all types of notifications throughout your day. Maybe set an alarm on your clock. I'm going to check my emails messages at these times. And only for this long. And you can do a timer on your, your clock. Everybody's got a smartwatch or a smartphone, whatever. It's so easy, right? You see people, oh, I'm just going to look at my TikTok. Next thing you know, they watching videos for an hour and they're supposed to be there for five minutes. So easy to get distracted. I like fun facts. Here's a little fun fact for you. According to research, the average worker is only productive for two hours and 53 minutes each eight hours workday. You know, they did that study in Ohio University in 2018. Don't tell my boss this. <laughs> you could be productive within an eight-hour workday, but only if breaks would be taken effectively, which very few people do. You know, I do, I do, uh, when I have to go into the office, because I work at home, and most of the time, 9 and 9.30, I go out and I take a walk, nice walk around the big parking lot. Then at lunchtime, I take a longer walk around the parking lot. I extend it out. Get my 10,000 steps in, plus it's a breakaway, get some sunshine, cold air, hot air, depending on what time it is. And it's wonderful. It makes the day go so much better. Sweden introduced for a limited time a six-hour workday. And what they noticed was an increase in productivity and overall happiness of workers. Working long hours with no breaks is a sure way to make yourself miserable and unproductive. So you don't want to go work for Elon Musk unless you're willing to work long hours and no breaks. You know, he's famous for that. He, he'd be like, I wouldn't sleep if I didn't have to, just to work. Well, that's not me. All right, number two, write down number two. Here's another useful tool for time management. It's called the Pomodoro Technique. Now, it's a simple approach that involves chunking your time into 25-minute intervals. In between each 25-minute set, you'll give yourself a 5-minute break. 
After two hours, you would then take a longer 30-minute break. Doing this helps you like to group your tasks together so you don't feel that uncomfortable or uncontrollable. See, once you finish a 25-minute session, give yourself permission to use five minutes to do whatever you want. You can sit and scroll through your TikTok, your phone, email, messages, Facebook, whatever you want to do. You can watch a funny video or eat a snack. I'd eat a snack. (laughs) So rather than telling yourself that you have to work for two hours before you get a break, this method breaks. It breaks things up. You know, it makes things more manageable. Much, much more manageable. And it gives you a break, especially if you're a desk sitter, too. Number three, use deadlines. Oh, you hate it when somebody gives you a deadline. But this is your door to yourself. This is your own deadline, so don't hate it. If you look at your schedule and you tell yourself, hopefully I could do this next week, <laughs> good luck, buddy. You know, don't work that way. However, I can tell you now that it's not going to work. It's not going to work. First of all, because you say, hopefully I can get this done next week. You want to tell yourself, I will get this done next week. You need strict deadlines. I've had projects in the past that took me six months instead of one month. Just because I wasn't specific enough regarding my deadline. And I didn't, you know, schedule for each day effectively. I had a friend I worked for twice in the Navy. And he was a strict, strict, strict guy to work for. But he was awesome to work for because he was fair. He loved his deadlines. And he'd have us write, or me, because I was in charge, a POA, plan of attack, right? Plan of action. And I would have this data, not database, but Excel of everything that I wanted done. Bam, 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 bam. How it was going to get done, who was going to get it done, and when it needed to be done. And you had to stick to that deadline unless you beforehand, because we'd have a meeting on that like every month or whatever, depending on what it was, on how far you are in percentages of getting this done. So you had better tell him well in advance if you were not going to achieve that goal before you even dared to extend that deadline. But I tell you, it taught me so much. And I'm a disciplined person, but that really helped me become more disciplined. So use your deadlines. You love it. I mean, come on, you know you love it. (laughs) Number four, use Parkinson's law in your favor. You're like, what? What is Parkinson's law? Isn't Parkinson's like a bad thing? Well, according to Parkinson's law, work expands to fill time available for its completion. This means, say you have a paper to work work on by next week. It will be done by next week if something must be done in six months. 
You know, it will be done in six months. We always plan depending on how much time we have available, right? And when a deadline approaches, we start to actually take the necessary steps to complete the task to the deadline. Now, I know you have noticed yourself doing this because I will do it myself. I want to get this done in a week. But I probably wouldn't do something for three days. And then all of a sudden, oh no, there's only four days left. Oh no, there's only three days left. And I'd get it done the day before. You know, it's like, because that's the time I allotted. If you give yourself two weeks to complete a three-hour task, that task seems to be, and it will appear more complex from this psychological perspective, and it's going to fill those two weeks that you scheduled for the completion. So if you assign the right amount of time to the task, then you gain back your time as you will try your best to finish that given deadline, right? Like I explained with mine. Now, it doesn't mean you have to set unrealistic deadlines. You can't write a book in a day or build a house in a week. You need a reasonable amount of time. You need to know about how much time it'll take for each task. And when you know that, you can buffer the time that most of us add when we add that to our schedule. So when you're creating a task, figure out how, how long do you think it should take or no. Like, like with me doing this floor. You know how many YouTube videos I watched on how to do it. So I wanted to figure out how long it would take and stuff. Now, I had a scheduled time to do it, and it did go beyond that, but that was because I ran into things that I didn't plan on. But, you know, I still procrastinated some because, like I said, I was hurting and I was getting tired of it, you know. But then once I said, okay, I'm getting it done by this certain amount of time, I did it. I think you could use Parkinson's Law if you ask yourself, what would it look like if I worked on my project on a very aggressive time scale, right? I have this aggressive timetable. What am I going to do? When you ask yourself that question, it will allow you to brainstorm and discover different approaches you can use to get the work done in less time. Most people have an inflative idea of how long a task takes to complete. You know, I do that too. You only become aware of how quickly some tasks get completed when you actually test this principle, right? So go ahead and make your to-do list and divide it by the amount of time it takes to complete each assignment, to the best of your knowledge. After that, you give yourself half the time to complete the tasks. The time limit has to be seen as crucial. This is very important. If you will think, oh, it's not a big deal that I passed the due date, then it's not going to work. Because these deadlines you set 
for yourself are unbreakable. And Elon Musk did say once, stop being patient and start asking yourself, how do I accomplish my 10-year plan in six months? You'll probably fail, but you will be a lot further along than the person who simply accepted that it was going to take 10 years. And you know this guy likes to work. He's a planner. Number five, the biggest enemy of our productivity is a lack of focus. So choose a space where you can work in silence with the least amount of things that can distract you and turn off notifications on your phone and your desktop. On my vision board, I have focus, a big focus, right in the bottom middle of it, in big red letters, and it's got like this uh, target for an O, and it reminds me of all my goals that are listed on that board to focus. And what I like to tell people, too, is don't wait until you feel motivated. Motivation is not really a great concept. There's a big misconception about the fact that we have to feel motivated in order to get things done. But I'll tell you, motivation is a capricious thing. Sometimes you feel motivated. After a few days, it goes away, right? You get bored or you feel it's too hard or whatever and eh. sometimes you wait for it and it never turns up you know it's not there when you need it so you can't rely on your productivity and life on it if you've been operating from this motivation before action mentality sorry to tell you but you've had it backwards this whole time. But I get it. I used to be that way. I waited to feel motivated to get up early, to go to the gym or to work out my business. And sometimes you might be able to get motivated for a while. But once that motivation starts to fade, you're going to stop taking action. That is why when people start going to the gym, they're super excited, right? For three days. It's like, New Year's resolutions. The gym is packed all of January. And then it gets more difficult for them to get out and about and do it, find the time. And they're starting to wait to get motivated again in February and March. That membership dwindles down. And then now we're uh, at the end of the year. But in the middle of the year, you see the, the people that have always been there. And once in a while, you see a new person, and maybe they'll stick around, maybe they won't. But you know those who don't do it for motivation or wait for motivation. Instead, small actions need to be taken, and motivation will follow. See, it all starts with action. Most people think motivation works in this order. Motivation, action, more motivation. And in reality, it works like this. Action, 
motivation, more motivation. Action leads to motivation, not the other way around. If you hesitate to take that action, most time it's because you feel so overwhelmed by the magnitude of the project or whatever it is you want to do, the amount of time, the work, the effort it will take. Like going to the gym. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes work. Especially if you go at the end of the day after work. You're just like, oh. That's where your discipline comes in. So as I suggested before, when we discuss, discuss the overwhelming procrastination, the key to getting started is to make whatever you do you need to do look approachable. Perhaps deep cleaning your entire house in a, in a day just might seem too much and you wouldn't feel like doing it. Only thinking about how much time and effort it's going to take, require, will make you just want to go and watch TV, you know, put on the Netflix. However, this is just postponing something that you need to get done. Either way, right? So just schedule to do a small part in one day and be more realistic and approachable about the goal. Divide your big tasks into smaller ones and then take a small one for action in order to build that momentum. The next thing you know, you're going to the next, to the next, to the next. If you want to feel motivated to go for a workout, Choose a single, simple step you can do, like putting on your shoes, your training shoes, your running shoes. If you want to feel motivated to do some work, go to your desk and open up that laptop or whatever it is you do. If you want to start getting up earlier, let's say 5.30 a.m., but you wake up normally about 8, then set your alarm 15 minutes earlier than, than your regular time for a week. Get, get, get used to just getting up a little bit earlier. Once you get used to that time, do it again. Set your alarm for 15 more minutes earlier and keep doing this until you get to that desired time, 5.30, 6.30, whatever time it is. This process is literally for anything you want to accomplish in your life. Think about something you wanted to do for a while, but haven't felt motivated to start. Write this down in your notebook. Write it down on a piece of paper, wherever, but just don't close it and forget about it. Now you take a simple action step right at that moment, in order to make some progress with your goal. Write it down. Start it. If you need a push even for this small first step, I'm going to tell you right now. Ready? Three, two, one, go. <laughs> go. I know it's something you don't, Feel like you want to take even the small steps sometimes. And no matter if the reason is your lack of motivation, that you're scared or nervous, 
the three, two, one, go method is there to push you and make you an action taker. What do you have to do? You just don't give yourself too much time to think. You have to count it down from three to one, then take the action. So write down, I'm going to clean the kitchen. Three, two, one, go and just leave. Go right now, whatever, whatever it is. If you start to think about it, your brain's going to convince you that you don't want to do it. So a lot of times I use this method. When I do go into the office, I need to go to work and I go to the gym after work. Yesterday, I brought my bag with me. It was in my car. So I drove straight to the gym and went. You know, that's not three, two, one, go, but I was prepped and prepared. I could not turn myself down. Our minds will look to protect us from what is scary and uncomfortable. And this is why you have to move faster than your brain. You know that there is nothing dangerous about working out or writing an email. Some things might feel scary, but they are literally not dangerous. Your brain has the best intention, but it does want to protect you. And it ends up sabotaging you. So let's say you're at a party and you want a conversation with somebody but feel nervous. This is the way I used to be. I'd ponder about it too much. And it made me feel anxious. And in the end, I changed my mind. I wouldn't go talk to somebody. So what I did was, I'd say, that person sounds interesting. You know, I'm going to go talk to him. So I just did it. Three, two, one, go. Go ahead and get it. Didn't even think about it. Just went. And I find out I've, I start a lot more conversations that way or I will jump in on a conversation that I'm interested in. And then I learn to meet more people. So just count yourself to go. Three, two, one, go. The counting in itself is going to distract you from your excuses because your mind can't think of two things at once. So it's going to distract you from your excuses, your anxiety, or any other thoughts you might be having in your mind. If you didn't press the go button when you said you would, then you won't be doing it anymore. The countdown is meant to help you move. Each step will take you a little bit closer to your goal. No matter if that is having great fitness, starting a business, changing your job, or just meeting someone new. Everybody, everybody wants to be healthy, financially free, happy, and have great relationships. But there are only very few people actually wake up and are doing it. They're actually doing the doing. They're taking the action. You're still going to push yourself. Having just three seconds available will outsmart your brain. However, it's not magic formula. You will want to, you'll want to have to have it bad enough. Or you know after that one, you're still going to think of excuses. Even if it's something simple, it will make you feel uncomfortable in the beginning. 
It won't be necessarily easy, but practicing will make it better every time. Each small effort adds up, and a year from now, you'll be amazed at all those accomplishments. I'll tell you, waiting around is just a way to look for more excuses. You know it. I know it. We all know it. By pushing back, by pushing something back, we get the chance to ignore that anxiety over having to complete these tasks. We will push it back because we don't feel ready. We don't have the knowledge. We're not in the mood. Blah, 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 right? I've had them all myself too. So, I mean, not, not belittling you or anything, because we all do it, I do it. I just say blah, 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 because after you begin doing it, you start to notice that's what it all really was. Just that Charlie Brown teacher in your head. <laughs> and face it, there will always be another reason we could wait. We could always think of something. I'm sure there's always some reason to wait. Our minds are very creative when it comes to finding excuses. Do you know someone in your life who likes to talk about what they're doing, what they're going to do? They might go on and on about all the businesses they're going to start, all the many ideas they have, but you notice they never actually follow through with any of them. Maybe it's you. And that's fine. But having creative ideas is great. It's wonderful. We need that. However, they are worthless if you don't really put them into action. There will never be a right time to get things done. Except now. We could wait forever. But there will never be a moment that feels perfect. And I'll end with this quote J.C. Chander said. When it feels scary to jump, that's exactly when you jump. Otherwise, you end up staying in the same place your whole life. Thank you for joining me again. It is a better life. This podcast has been brought to you by Culture Vegan Shop in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Culture where the only thing that is missing is you.